Hi, I'm Dr. Daniel Bynes. I'm Amanda. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Dr. Katie Elson. And together, we are The The Brain Brain People. A group of real, practicing mental health professionals. This podcast is a one-stop shop for all your mental health needs. We'll give you the tools to beat depression and anxiety one episode at a time. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to all you beautiful minds. This is the Brain People Podcast. My name is Dr. Katie Elson, and I'm joined by my co-host for this episode, Jonathan Edens. Hey there, guys. On today's show, we've got a special guest joining us from all the way across the hall, Robert Nordman. Robert brings over 20 years of clinical experience to the table, as well as a deep passion for nutrition and its effects on the brain. Welcome and thank you so much for joining us. We're excited for today's topic. We'll be talking about food and how it can improve our mood. Let's start with this, Robert. What makes you passionate about treating mental illness with proper nutrition? I think what makes me passionate is what I've seen and experienced in my life. In my own personal life, for instance, as I grew up, I grew up in Central Florida And we literally ate anything that moved from frog legs to uh, mallard ducks. And I was also a a young kid, 10 years old, 11 years old, with headaches and constipation and a snotty nose all the time. So I found out these principles when I was very young at 14 and adopted them. And uh, it made all the difference in the world for me personally. Wow, Robert, I'm learning something new about Mm -hmm. you. I did not know that. Jonathan, did you know that? I did not know that. What I'm impressed by is the fact that you were 14 and you started really highly considering these things. And was it then that you started to make that massive shift in your overall eating? At age 13, I became a vegetarian. And at age 14, I became a, a vegan. So were you one of the few people that you knew at that time that had engaged in that way of living? Um, yes. In fact, I was the only one in the family, but it was actually part of a spiritual journey as well. So from frog legs yes. to plant-based diet. That's right. But also in treating people in lifestyle centers and here in psychiatry as well, I've noticed the dramatic impact that people who understand this and embrace it can have uh, in their life as, as they try to move forward and improve in their mental health and not just stay stuck in a rut. So thank you for sharing. We're curious about, well, is there an actual role that it plays not just on our physical health, but on our mental health? Can what we eat actually impact the way that we feel and the way that we think? Absolutely. And I like to think of it in a three category system of we need to be able to have a good supply line to um, our brains and that circulation. Then we need to have good raw materials, which enable us to make our neurotransmitters so that we can actually do the work that's needed in our brains. And then we need to avoid substances that are going to cause issues or, or uh, bring toxic elements to our brain. So can you repeat those one more time? Circulation. Right. And proper raw materials or nutrients, and then uh, avoiding harmful uh, substances that can actually be toxic to the brain. So I have a question about circulation, because when I listen to a lot of nutritional gurus or whatnot, Mm -hmm. circulation usually isn't the first thing that they mentioned. So why do you see that as such an important tenant of your 
uh, understanding of your nutritional protocol? Great question. Um, here's why. We'll give a, a one example. If I am a person that eats a typical American diet, I'm eating a tremendously high uh, or diet high in fat, and I'm doing this meal after meal, our body can only handle so much fat in its digestion. And we can literally overwhelm our system to the point where our blood never gets thin or circulates freely. Remember, those red cells have to squeeze in those capillaries to start with just to get by. And if we're sludging them with all the saturated fat and high fat meals, we're going to feel every day like most people do after Thanksgiving meal. We're just going to feel like sitting down and going to sleep and vegging out and really not having a, a great cognitive function. And that reminds me of how when we assess for depression or anxiety or other disorders, that a lot of these symptoms are physical. We think that they're just mental as if our mental health and our physical health are separate, but the fatigue and mm -hmm. what are other symptoms that we can experience in thinking it's mental, but it's actually very connected to our physical health. Yeah, slow mentation is a big one. Um, poor cognition, poor concentration, uh, just feeling sluggish. All, all of these things can, can be part of our, um, of our brain not working well because we're not getting good circulation. And remember, if we're not getting good circulation, we're not only not getting good raw materials, but we're not getting waste out and we're not getting oxygen in, which is so very, very vital. There's a couple of things that you mentioned that I wanted to kind of uh, get some focus on and, and, and I have a question for you. But uh, one thing that we've we've talked about, at least for the last minute or so, about this uh, poor cognitive functioning. And I was listening to uh, another podcast recently and they talked about uh, the foods that you eat can really present, even if uh, present a uh, syndrome, so to speak, that looks very much like ADHD. And this can be in both kids and in adults. And sometimes us as providers, you know, because of the, the mm -hmm. tools that we use, you know, if we're not fully addressing the, that holistic model and looking at your nutrition, then your, your symptoms may not, you know, it may be very difficult to distinguish between whether it's just poor nutrition or actual ADHD symptoms. And so that, that's pretty, pretty key. But one thing, uh, I, one thing I did want to ask you was you mentioned, you know, eating too much fat. And especially in this day and age, I know a lot of people are going to nutritionists and weight loss specialists, and everybody's prescribing the keto diet. So I wanted to get uh, a response from you as to what are your thoughts about keto just in general? The keto diet really has many, many, many problems. And will you lose weight on it? Yes, you will. When you're in a ketogenic state, you will lose weight. But the problem is you'll lose a lot of water weight and you'll also lose muscle weight. But whenever we have a diet that's high in saturated fat, which the keto diet endorses, we're going to run into trouble with circulation. We're also going to run into trouble with uh, clear cognition. You can also induce a ketogenic state in another way by only eating about six or seven hours in the day Let's say, for instance, eating breakfast and then eating lunch and then not eating anything at night. Your body has to use other sources for energy temporarily, but you're also getting adequate nutrition, but you're not getting poor percentages of macronutrients. Because we all know 
that the brain runs best on carbs. It runs best on carbs. That's premium fuel for your brain. Your brain uses a lot of calories of glucose every day. It's the central command. And that's why it's so important that the, the, the studies show that the diets that are high in carb, unrefined carbohydrates, low in fat and protein, give the best mental function and cognition. So I think we should be clear, not just carbohydrates, right? But you said unrefined That's exactly carbohydrates. Right. Yeah, we're not talking about, uh, you know, downing your donut every three hours. So you make sure that you have enough carbs to your brain. No. Can you give us some examples of what, you know, you would consider or coach patients with when it comes to unrefined carbohydrates? Yeah, it's, and, and nature itself should kind of teach us in this because almost every food category has carbohydrates, you know, every plant-based category. So the only one that doesn't have major carbs is nuts and seeds. They have virtually none. Um, but we have, for instance, um, fruit is good because we do need something that's re uh, released a little more quickly. So that's going to be released a little more quickly. And then you have things like um, whole grains, which will be released a little after that. And you've got ones like beans that have a really slow release of their, gly uh, their glycemic load. And also things like winter squash, sweet potatoes. These are unrefined carbohydrates that give you all the good carbs that you need, plus all the vitamins, vitamins and minerals to help you utilize them and to turn them into energy. I like the way that you portrayed that is there are different foods and they have different timelines for release. Mm -hmm. And so if you really have a balanced diet, then you're getting a full release at the times that you need for the functioning that you need. Exactly right. So just to be clear, we are not anti-fat. No. But there are certain healthy fats that we want to include on a regular exactly basis. Exactly right. Because our brain does ultimately, and our body does need a certain degree Absolutely. of fat. Absolutely. So what sort of fats would you consider to be good fats? Yeah, the, the fat categories from plant-based foods are two specialty foods. They are avocados and they're olives and then nuts and seeds. And we encourage mostly raw nuts and seeds. And these are also the reservoirs of good fat, but they're also the reservoirs of good micronutrients like manganese and like zinc and like copper that are hard to get in other places, especially seeds. I know for some of our listeners, we, it might be easy to start thinking, oh, is this just general physical health food recommendations? Are there any particular foods or things that we should know of that optimize our mental health? Absolutely. One is um, serotonin, of course. We need serotonin for, for good uh, neurotransmission. It's one of the chief neurotransmitters in the brain. And the precursors to serotonin are foods high in tryptophan. And those basically are the beans and uh, the seeds. And uh, some, uh, yeah, the beans and the seeds. And tofu, edamame, those kind of things. They're really high in tryptophan. And the neat thing as you incorporate these plant-based foods is that you're also going to displace the five larger amino acids that are, that are more prevalent in animal products that compete for transport to the brain. And therefore, if you're eating 
Number one, if you're eating a lot of animal foods, you're not getting foods as high in tryptophan. But then these foods also will compete with tryptophan being able to be utilized and get to the frontal lobe. So just to, for those of you that aren't necessarily aware, right, uh, when we consume certain foods, they all contain um, certain amounts of protein. Proteins are broken down into amino acids, and there's Correct. a certain uh, number of amino acids that are essential. What he's talking about is that there's a balance of certain amino acids that are incredibly important in our nutrition, mm -hmm. and that balance tends to get out of whack if you eat a lot of animal foods as they, as you said, compete right. for getting into the brain. So you mentioned, uh, I'm sorry, it was seeds and beans, be seeds, seeds and beans, beans as being mostly. good for, yep. for serotonin specifically yep. for, for, for the tryptophan, which is the precursor, you know, to, to, um, serotonin. So then why, if we're trying to boost our serotonin levels and improve our mood, why not just live on be off of beans and seeds? Are there any other foods, I guess, is what I'm saying that, uh, you know, that we should include, um, in, in terms of bettering our mental health? Um, of course, uh, the, the five major food groups are all necessary for various reasons. Um, we need the whole grains, you know, for uh, B vitamins. Uh, and for instance, B6 is very important in, um, in changing uh, tryptophan into serotonin. Zinc is also something that's very needed uh, in, in protecting the brain. and. Um, and and also uh, creating the chemicals uh, in in biological uh, processes to uh, help with neurotransmitters. Um, fruits are good because they give us uh, once again a lot of good glucose. Uh, beans because of folate, which uh, there is there are certain types of depression that are folate deficient depression. And there's one protocol called the Walsh protocol which you take certain labs and uh, you're able to determine whether someone's over-methylated or under-methylated. And the folate foods are especially vital in those that are over-methylated. And I know that's getting a little technical, but, but folate, this is the kind of depression that is folate susceptible, meaning that if we're over-methylated, good folate foods are going to help us. Um, what else? Omega-3 foods are important. The ratio of omega-3 to omega-6. Um, omega-6 fats, um, especially certain ones like arachidonic acid, tend to be pro-inflammatory. Omega-3s are less so. And the ratio seems to help with uh, depression, especially bipolar depression. What are some foods that are particularly, say, uh, highly concentrated with omega-3s? Omega yeah, those are good. Plant-based foods, of course, is what we're trying to address. We're trying to avoid animal foods like fish because of their toxicity and their net pro-inflammatory effect because of uh, arachidonic acid and uh, other uh, substances that they have in them, even though they have some omega-3. So we're trying to focus more on plant-based foods. And once again, uh, we turn to the seeds. That's really where the, the high concentrations are, but some in the beans too. And even some in the uh, veg vegetable kingdom, like spinach. And if you're really trying to get healthy, spinach appears on almost every list. So, you know, include some spinach in your diet. So we got flax, chia, walnuts, uh, edamame, almonds, sesame seeds. But the real powerhouses are flax, chia, um, hemp. They're the seeds. 
So I've heard a lot about circulation and inflammation and how these foods can impact. I know you wanted to share a little bit more about inflammation and how that plays a role in mental health. Yes, very much so. A study was done one time and they actually uh, singled out fish. And they were trying to determine, you know, why do animal foods cause so much inflation in the, or inflammation in the body? And they pretty much figured out that it was the arachidonic acid. It's a 20-carbon molecule that ends up being a precursor to a lot of inflammatory molecules in the body. Um, and there are other reasons why the body gets inflamed too with animal foods, especially meat. Guess what happens the moment you slaughter an animal? You feel sad. Well, you feel sad. Yes, you do. <laughs> their, their cortisol level on the animal increases? Well, it does. Other... But guess what? The bacteria are very opportunistic, aren't they? Bacteria start to grow on this animal. And the grocery stores have all kinds of wonderful way to preserve their meat so the bacteria doesn't spoil it. But anyway, nonetheless, it gets on there. And guess what? It dies. And it produces endotoxins, these dead bacteria that are pro-inflammatory in the body. And this is another way that meat causes inflammation or, or uh, animal foods cause inflammation in the body. And inflammation, of course, we know that any organ that is inflamed, including the brain, does not function well. In fact, it showed that these foods high in uh, arachidonic acid, they cause an increase in the inflammatory markers in the body, like CRP, which is the one we use, C-reactive protein, to measure. So we can actually measure this effect. And then in the brain, uh, imaging can actually show that the brain is inflamed. And even fish, even though it had omega-3, had a pro-inflammatory effect on the body. So it's fascinating stuff. Absolutely. I've heard uh, in a couple different or seen in a couple different studies, one was looking at depression um, and these endotoxins that can get into the brain can obviously make you feel more lethargic and depressed. Um, but uh, on maybe another related note for anybody that's uh, uh, heard of like angina pectoris, that's a big one. Basically where people get this really severe debilitating chest pain, sometimes when just taking a few steps uh, and the el elimination of certain uh, foods that include those endotoxins can really make a huge difference, almost immediate in terms of uh, treatment. Another, another food that's uh, very toxic to the body and the brain is aspartame. And directly, it, uh, it can increase depress depression and decrease cognitive function. So aspartame is something we encourage you to bow out of. So aspartame is going to be mostly in diet sodas, right? Uh, yes, but other things, there's little things that people put in their coffee and it's spread throughout there. You can see it all over the place if you look. So be a label reader. Don't let the food industry feed you junk. So Robert, I know we could probably talk on this topic for, for days. What are some quick three takeaways that our listeners can start implementing into their life today? I would say begin to do your own um, cooking at home. It's really important that you prepare foods at home. It's hard to do well eating out all the time. And begin to become educated yourself to be a label reader. It's important you know what's in you're taking in your body. Remember, two or three times a day, or some of us more, 
We take something into our body that's foreign, and it's important we know what it is. And finally, you know, we truly recommend that you try and become more and more and more plant-based in your dietary because you will feel better all the way around mentally and physically. Thank you for sharing, Robert. And we encourage you to eat food that improves your mood, right? And if you only take one thing away from today's show, remember this. If mental illness is a whole person problem, then it must have a whole person solution. I'm Dr. Katie Elson. I'm Robert Nordman. And I'm Jonathan. And you've been listening to The The Brain Brain People People Podcast. Thanks for listening. To hear more episodes, find us on social media, or support us financially, visit thebrainpeoplepodcast.com.